podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. We got a beautiful show. We got some beautiful hosts. We got a beautiful game. We got taste. We got some beautiful chats. We got some beautiful stats. And we won't stop talking. We won't give it a rest And as a matter of fact It's time to get it off our chests Cricket, 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 cricket Hello and welcome to County Cricket Natters This is the first time for ages and ages that uh, Dan Whiting and Sam Dalling and myself will, are together So it's, it's um, lovely, lovely to have you both here and uh, our special guest today is uh, Jared Warner from Gloucestershire. So it's really great to have you with us as well. Hello, Jared. Hi. Hi. How are you doing? Good. Thank you. Good. Um, and I'll just pass you over to Sam, who's going to take us through the uh, six games that went on this week. Thanks, Annie. Yeah, I will indeed. And why not? Let's start up at Jared's old stomping ground. Headingly in lead and a bit of a low scoring thriller as well unfolding. The boys from <laughs> Essex, well, they, they came out on top. I boil it down to this. On the final day, Essex needed 162 for victory. It was funny, the scorecard I was reading it said they needed 162 off a minimum of 120 something overs. I love the fact it was giving me the run rate required, as if that was going to be. Uh, see, now, Jared, you just heard him there. We we'd heard he was a bit of a cricket badger, and it sounds like he was also <laughs> looking at the same scorecard yeah. as a high. Look, Essex were cruising, and then they suddenly slipped to 64 for six. Steve Patterson struck three times. They lost four wickets in 13 balls, but Shane Snater. The man who was having such a fine season saw them home. They were nine down Essex at the end. A tie was possible and we all love a tie, but Shane Stater, 65 unbeaten. He saw them home. There were runs. Great to see Ben Code back fit and playing and making a maiden first class half century for Yorkshire. Finley Bean as well. He's like a character from an <laughs> Enid Blyton novel or something <laughs> like that. We saw him break Marcus Draskovic's Second 11 record earlier in the season with a quadruple hundred. Yeah, a quadruple yeah, how hundred. dare he? He made 50-odd. <laughs> but I tell you what, they gave it a good go, Yorkshire, defending a low total. And that man, Steve Patterson, Jared, who you know pretty well, still doing yeah. his old magic, even at the back end of his career. Yeah, definitely. And I think I was I had a little chuckle to myself, the fact that he got, I think he got cook out both innings um, and took <laughs> a one-handed catch as well. I can just imagine he won't, won't stop being going on about that for the next couple of weeks to the lads in the dressing room. But now he's on those sort of wickets, he's he's a perfect bowler to have um in the lineup. And did we know Ben Coke could bat like that? Have you had a few messages with him? Yeah, a little bit. I, I've seen it before. He does like to be positive and especially against Spinner. Uh, the spinners, he, he does like to take it to them. So he, he threatens that every now and again. Um, so, yeah, please for him as well. Brilliant. And Dan, Essex, they got themselves into trouble of their own making, really. But Shane Snater, he's having a bit of a breakthrough year. He kind of keeps getting 20s, 30s, picking up wickets. He's got 450-odd first-class runs at 28.44, 25 wickets at 30. So he's not one of the big names down that Essex dressing room, but he's certainly having a big impact. 
No, but that sums up Essex. They've got no big, well, apart from Sir Alistair Cook. Got, <laughs> but they, they're not really a side full of big names, you know, and everyone contributes there. They were dead and buried. I mean, it was start the Ford Capri time in the car parks and head it back to South End Seafront because they were gone. And then someone always puts their hand up for Essex and Shane Snater did it there. But a little word there for Master Bean, as we call him, Finley Bean, who uh, he got runs last week. He got uh, runs again this week. And he's, he's a wicket keeper, I think, isn't he, as well? And he's, uh, he's, you know, he's going to be a really good player. I think he's still only 18, 19. I, I picked up on him. I think he played for England under-19s when he's about 16. And uh, he's going to be a really good player. Do you know much about him, Jared? Yeah, I've played a couple of years at Yorkshire in the second team with him. So, yeah, he's a good lad, good player. Um, I probably didn't quite expect him to sort of have the impact he has. Um, having seen him sort of three years ago. Um, but now really pleased for him. Even aside from the 400, which was obviously a mammoth knock, he's, he's put in some good performances as well in the second team. So... Now really deserves his chance um, and he's starting to take it, which is pleasing. Yeah, is indeed. Well, that result means Essex move up to fourth. Yorkshire, uh, probably, I, I haven't done the maths. They're not mathematically safe, but looking at the sides behind them, the number of games left, they should be all right. And I think given everything that was going on around the club, off the field over the winter and the uncertainty at the start of the season, I think that's probably a decent finish for them. Final quick word as well for Sam Cook, free for, for him. He is a bowler that just seems to be getting better and better. Every time I see him, he gets better. And I wasn't going to, Annie, but I'm going to come to you because you're nodding your head and smiling. You like a bit of Sam Cook. Yeah, I, um, he's he's in my fantasy team, so I do like him. Yeah, yeah, I was quite pleased. I think uh, he's uh, he's looking class, definitely. So, yeah, great to have him. I also thought I would mention Thompson, who got four for 60, which is a, a good turnout, isn't it? 25-year-old? 20, yeah, Jordan Thompson. I've, I've got a lot of time for him. He's, uh, he's a type 1 diabetic. Oh, is he? And, yeah, and, you know, to sort of overcome that from sort of quite a young age is, is a, mm. you know, a big sort of victory there. He had a. He was fantastic when he was at Gloucestershire earlier in the season. Do you play in that, Jazza? No, the, I was uh, there. I was there that week. Yeah. Yeah, and we had a stag do there from Froster Cricket Club. Who oh, Froster <laughs> played yeah, there. Yeah, they turned up eleven blokes dressed in whites, two umpires, and a duck, and they got tucked into Jordan Thompson, and they he gave it some back as well, and it was all good natured banter, and they even invited him to the wedding. So, uh, fair play to Jordan Thompson. Jordan Thompson is very much a cricketer that makes things happen. I remember Froster when I was growing up. They used to have a guy called Nick Trainer who played a little bit in Gloucestershire, but he was one of those. He got released and he was just a club cricket legend. He'd score a thousand runs every season. I think he did it for about mm. 10 years on the trot. Right, we'll move on because. Sorry, before we do move on, can I just wish a massive good luck to a Gloucestershire club called Dumbleton, who are in the final? of the, the National Village Lords this week. So, good luck at Dumbleton. Oh, yes, this weekend, isn't it? Is that on Sunday? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. There we go. Plenty of cricket this weekend. Right, we'll move on. Because, ladies and gentlemen, we have a title race and it is courtesy of a side where you perhaps wouldn't expect to be involved in the title race. They're not directly. They've had a brilliant season, Northants again. Mm. They're one of those, let's be honest, pretty much everyone, I think most of us on this podcast, 
Gas tipped them to really struggle this season. They've defied those odds. They've done all right. They won't go down. Uh, okay, the maths may it may not be done done, but it's pretty much done. They hosted Surrey at home this week. Surrey would have gone there expecting maybe not to roll them over, but to claim victory. And Northants had a pretty good game. Hundreds all round, really. Emilio Gay made a hundred. Rob Keogh made a hundred. Hashim Amla made another 157 <laughs> for him now in Red Bull cricket. Save Zayab at the very end, when just as Surrey were pushing for victory, he came out 161 for five, North Ants were. The lead was just 79. Surrey were thinking at that point, probably we're going to win this game. There were 15 overs left on day three, 124 he made. There was one other First class 100. I've talked about how many Hashim Amla's made. It was a first one for Tom Curran. He'd not made any, he'd not played any red ball cricket since 2019. 85 balls for his maiden first class ton. And Dan, it would have meant a lot to him, but also even more so because of the family link to North Ants. His dad, Kevin, scored 7,000 runs for them, 270 odd red ball wickets too in the 90s. Just a brilliant game for him. Yeah, it's fantastic. I mean, uh, you know, I think it's, uh, um, as you say, the links there and Ben Curran still at North Hans, But that result really puts the title race in, you know, who, who's going to win it? Hampshire have got the easier running. Surrey have got to go to Lancashire last game of the season. And I think this one's going to go down to the wire. But whilst we're on the subject of North Hans, I've got to say that Jared and I did quite a bit of commentary on the North Hants game at Cheltenham. And also Josh Shaw, who's a big mate of Jared's, uh, Gloucestershire, ex-Yorkshire, and they both played for Wakefield Thorns together, cricket club. And Josh Shaw is not allowed to do any ball-by-ball commentary ever again. He's been banned by the Gloucestershire changing room. Because as soon as he picks up the mic, there's a wicket. And then when we played North Hants, so this, this came from the Hampshire game at Cheltenham. A few days later, we're playing North Hants. And I've said to Josh, oh, don't worry about that. It's fine. First ball, he's got it. Tom Price has been dropped at gully. And he's almost thrown the microphone at me like that. So, <laughs> true story, Jared. True story. Yeah, 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 yeah. He got a bit of stick for that. So. Jared, yeah. wanted to ask you about a couple of North Hants lads. Emilio Gay and Safe Zabe. I mean, Safe was a bit of a prodigy when he came on to the scene. It's almost a decade also now it's taken him a little bit of time to get going but made that 100 both of those good players no yeah definitely i think i first came across uh, safe when i was with the england 19s um i'm not sure if he played we played in the same game but we definitely trained together and i, I realized how good he was then and that was a while ago as you say um and and gay as well i'm i'm recalling myself and dan speaking about him this year on the comms like you mentioned at cheltenham just how good a season he's had um at the top of the order it's a really tough place to bat in division one so now both looking good both had great years um red and white ball for safe so i think north Ants are a club on the up and they've had a good breakthrough year in division one definitely if you could have a double on jared sheffield united to win promotion from the championship and county champions, where would the second part of that bet be going for you, Hampshire or Surrey? I think, I think personally, I think it'd be Hampshire. Um, I just really like the balance of their side. Um, the three really, really good seamers: um, the Spinner, Dawson, B 
bit of extra paces fuller uh, fuller and just the top seven of the batting order is so good um obviously Surrey have got so many options as well I just I just think Hampshire on paper um mm. with that balance of the side is, is really strong so I'm, I think they'll just nick it at the end Annie I know what I'm doing here I'm just gonna look I'm basically going fishing here but is it a bit of a shame that in a title race Surrey and Hampshire won't play each other twice yeah. it's a slight anomaly of the league yes yes it, it really is she says through gritted teeth it's uh it's uh, just definitely one of those um, things that uh, people won't be happy with. It's uh, not good, is it? No, but it's not I, good. No, I was just looking at, th- there were a lot of hundreds in this match, weren't there? And I love the fact that Amler's was twice as many balls as uh, Tom Curran practically. So uh, <laughs> that made me laugh. Um, but yes, I think that, that you're right. I think Hampshire will. Um, get it, but sorry, you've got the uh, point, the extra points at the moment, haven't they? So, can I just say about North Hans and Emilio Gay? I really like the look of him. He's he's a really pleasing batsman on the eye. He's a stylish left-hander down the ground, and his cover driving are immense. He's a wonderful fielder as well. He catches pigeons at slip, and I think North Hans, if they're going to kick on next year, they've been the draw specialists at home, and I just wonder, I mean, Jared, do you think eight points for a draw is possibly too much? Yeah, potentially. I think, especially maybe this summer with the pitches the way they have been and the, the farce of the balls that seem to be going on all season. Um, I guess it depends where you play. If, if you have sort of the flatter pitches, especially at Northampton, can be flat and slow. Um, yeah, potentially. Because um, it does add up. If you, if you score a... A 300, 350 and take uh, take 10 wickets in the first innings, then a a draw is a really good result. And you could say it it does maybe bring negative cricket at times. Um, So that's maybe something that could be looked at, definitely. Yeah, you can pick up 16 for a draw now, can't you? Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of points. Yeah. Well, in the... In the context of the Division 1 title race, you know, Surrey are top. They've won seven games. Hampshire are second. They've won nine games. So, you know, they could still, I suppose Surrey could still win their last two and Hampshire not win one. And so it's nine wins each. But it does seem slightly odd. I mean, football moved to basically 33.3%, isn't it? It's three for a win, one to a draw. It's a difficult balance. It's a difficult balance. But speaking of draws and teams that got eight points each, Annie, Somerset, I'm going to say it through gritted teeth, right? They were comprehensively outplayed at Taunton the week before by Gloucestershire. Yep. Really, the rain, delay. I can see Dan celebrating in the back. I'm glad in some ways that he's an adopted West Country man. Gloucestershire were very good in that game. Somerset were very bad. The feeling going to Warwickshire with no Craig Overton was a bit, uh, a bit of trepidation. Mm. But actually, Somerset ended up the better of that game. And George Bartlett, who has come in for his fair share of criticism this year for making starts not going on, he made 111. Tom Abel made 87. And it was them pushing for the win in the end, Danny. Yeah, I mean, let's face it, it didn't start very well, did it? And we were looking decidedly weak. But thank God for Gregory coming back into form and, you know, 
it was great to see, and then I have uh, Sajid as well, firming up the uh, lower order. Um, so yeah, thank thank goodness we we managed to scrape to two hundred at least, and then Warwickshire they had that good partnership with um Hayne and Rhodes, but we definitely looked stronger. And our second innings was uh, a delight to watch. Um, very strong in lots of ways. Lovely to see Lamb and B do well. Lovely, lovely to have. Tom Abel actually um, come back into form a bit. It was a really delightful third day. The fourth day, I could hardly watch. I was just thinking, we're gonna, we're gonna die, we're gonna die. But we didn't. <laughs> but it was very tense. It was a very tense game. It it could have gone any way for a little while, but yeah, a draw. And I think we got, didn't we get slightly more points than um, Warwickshire? I think. Dude, you're testing yeah. me if I know yeah. the exact number. Jared will probably know. That's the kind of number he's <laughs> I got. I don't actually know that. <laughs> uh, Jared, I wanted to ask you. So as people who we love our cricket, we know little bits about it, but we don't play it. But we, someone like Sam Hayne, we talk about a lot on this podcast and everyone knows his list day average is the best in the world ever of anyone who's not playing national cricket. Yeah. He was asked to become more consistent. 10 county championship matches, he's got 1,073 runs at 76.64, 300. How is someone like Sam Hain thought of around the county circuit? Because you guys presumably chat about players yeah. and, and who's going well. No, I think he's always been a top player, but I think this year, especially as you say, his numbers speak for themselves. And uh, Especially in the white wall stuff, I think the only previously the only thing that could go against him was his strike rate. But this season uh, and last, I think his strike rates have been a lot higher um, in the blast. And to, to me personally, I, I really don't know what more he has to do. I can The only thing I could think of maybe is a similar sort of play to Joe Root. And that's where England maybe see him. And in the test mm. test team at the minute, with the, their reluctance to drop any anyone, especially the batters, it's, it seems it's going to be a lot harder to get out of the team uh, <laughs> for anyone. Um, in this McCullum and Stokes area, you've got to do something seriously wrong to find yourself dropped. So, um, or just get injured, like yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) like Harry Brook got his chance for Bairstow, um, unfortunate injury, but yeah, I I really don't know. Is the short answer, I really rate him, as do a lot of players. Um, and his numbers this year have been amazing. So, um, I hope he gets a chance just because I'd like to see how how he does, and I think he's probably the best of the rest at the minute. Uh, he is a fine cricketer, and I too, and plenty of Warwickshire fans would also, plenty of cricket fans, to be hoping he gets a chance. Dan, <laughs> just having a quick look. Right, Somerset in that game, Imam Ulhaq and Sajid Khan. Warwickshire, Giant, Yadav and Mohamed Siraj. You've watched a lot of county cricket this year. Are we blessed this year with <laughs> the quality of overseas players that have been on display for all counties, really? Yeah, we are. I mean, we, we had Nassim Shire at Gloucestershire start of the season. Um, I think he's uh, the two quickest that I've seen in county cricket this year were Nassim Shire in a T20 game at the Oval, bowled absolute heat, and um, uh, Harris Ralph for Yorkshire, bowled seriously quick at Bristol on a pitch that, you know, is not the most responsive, as probably Jared would tell you. Um but, um, yeah, no, I think it's fantastic. And uh, and I think it, it's, you know, the interest is there in county cricket. And I think if we can get that interest from other parts of the world, I think it's only a good thing. Going back to the county championship, I think um, 
I think Somerset have probably done enough just to be safe now. Although they've got Kent last game of the season, yeah. which is going to be absolutely massive. Warwickshire have got to come to Bristol next week. They're going to get spanked. They're going to go home with no points. Jared Warner's going to take eight for. And <laughs> Gloucestershire are going to get 24 points, 24 points. Warwickshire and Kent need less than six points for the next two games. And Gloucestershire will stay up in a comeback that only Lazarus could have been proud of. <laughs> OK, that's your fantasy world then. Yeah, I think so. I yeah. well, Can know. I just have a quick shout out to Jack Brooks and his couple of great spells that he had as well? Um for this game it was lovely um to see him get um uh on a hat trick and then you know just just get the four for 40 as well so well done jack been excellent and man you you played a little bit with jack knew him growing yeah. up as well jared what yeah know him well, yeah, well and seems to get better with age i think he's about 50 now he seems to be <laughs> around for ages um, He'd love that. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, he struggled with his injuries the last few years, but yeah, seems to be back to his best at the minute. And I really enjoyed watching him, his wickets and his celebrations as well. Um, no, I always enjoy it when he when he gets a couple of wickets. So now he bowled really well, and he bowled bowled well last week, I think, as well. So um, mm, he now he's, he's going well. So it's great to see. Yeah, he does enjoy wheeling away towards the boundary. I've never seen him move so quickly with some of his celebrations. He did get hit badly on the knee, didn't he? That was quite... Yeah, that was... Uh, did he? Yeah, yeah. Quite amusing. <laughs> that was a deflection as well. It was off, yeah. I think it was off Haynes' bat. He was grounding his bat, the non-striker's end. And the ball's come in, deflected off his bat. And, you know, Ben Stokes here go for four. This this goes onto yeah. the inside of Jack Brooks's knee. So And he uh, collapsed straight away, didn't he? Yeah. Oh, well, it's good to see you smiling, Dan, and, and you'll still be smiling as we move into Division 2 because Middlesex, having started the season brilliantly, they'd started a little bit in the middle. They had to wait another week for their Red Bull comeback. They had a rest week last week, which would have frustrated them. Potentially massive game this in Division 2. They played Glamorgan this week at Lords. Glamorgan turned up in second. Middlesex were fourth at the start of play. From the moment Tim Murta won the toss and called correctly, things really did go all Middlesex works his way. They Glamorgan a couple down in the first two overs, bowled him out for 214, wickets for Murta, Roland Jones, Higgins, rucked up 390. Mark Stoneman, what season he's having 128. More runs for John Simpson as well. Glamorgan, <laughs> there was a little bit of resistance from David Lloyd and Eddie the Mute Byram. They then, once they lost one wicket, they just absolutely collapsed. Roland Jones, five for Middlesex, finished it off all in an hour on the last day. I mean, Dan, the complete team performance, really. Yeah, it was. I, you know, I think Middlesex are starting to, to get a good side together. I was discussing this yesterday. I went to Lords yesterday and was discussing this with people. And I think that they're probably one quality batsman and maybe one sort of genuine pace bowler away from being a really good side that can probably compete in Division 1 next year. This was a huge game. This was, you know, it was whoever won this game, I think, was more or less uh, in the box seat. Middlesex have still got to go to Leicestershire and they've still got to go to Worcestershire. So it won't be easy. But that is a massive step on the road to promotion. Yeah, it really is. There was a second debut. I've got to ask you about this, Jared. Sorry for a man you know pretty well. (laughs) Ryan Higgins going home after five brilliant seasons at Gloucestershire. Straight into the wickets, four of them. Straight into the runs, 40 of them. 
difficult for Gloucestershire losing, but Middlesex really have signed a quality player there. Yeah, hundred percent. I think he's he'll have been well sought after. I imagine he's a quality player, bat and ball. Um, obviously, gutting for us to lose lose him. Um, brilliant for Gloucestershire, as you say. But I think um, for Middlesex, he's a is a quality signing. I think they needed someone in that sort of role, um, batting seven and, and bowling some good overs. Um, and yeah, he made an instant impact, 40-odd and, and four for, I think, first thing. So, no, it'll be, if they do go up, then it'll be a great addition for them next season. Um, yeah. And Toby Rowland-Jones, leading wicket-taker in that division, 55 of them he's got at under 20. There were a few people, not many, but said he could, there were a few that said he could do a job for England. I mean, his chance may well have passed him by, but in county cricket, he is just a quality performer, isn't he? Yeah, he's, he's brilliant. And I think he was unlucky. I think when he played for England, he got injured during that, that maybe first um, series after getting five or so. Um, now nah, he's one of them, just you know what you're going to get from him. He's going to get 50, 60 wickets every, every season. Um, and yeah, another fantastic bowler. Compliments Murta. Now he go really well. Just got that little bit of extra pace. Dan, go on. Talking of Toby Rowland Jones, he uh, he averages under twenty in Test cricket with the ball, and there's not many people around like that. But going back to comebacks, I thought James Harris bowled very well for Glamorgan. I thought he was really good. Um, and talking of England, Mark Stoneman, I think could still do a job for England at the top of the order. He's a left-hander. He plays in the style that McCullum wants us to play. He gets on with it. He scores runs quickly. He plays in that style. I think Stoneman can still do a job. And a uh, big mention to my mate John Simpson as well. He's uh, close to a 1,000 runs for the season. He's, Great he's, season he's had, yeah, hasn't he? Yeah, he really has, yeah. Mm. He is. I mean, that's part of Middlesex's success. Stoke, yep. uh, Simpson down the order, Stoneman at the top, and also Sam Robson, another man who could, I think... I think Robson is the best English qualified opener I've seen in county cricket over the last year or two. Uh, he really yeah, is doing well. Good show. Um, and as you said, Harris, it was his first five since 2018, I think, which was slightly surprising. I know he's not played that much, but good to see that comeback going well. Right, a couple more games to get through. There was another victory for Durham. They beat Leicestershire by seven wickets and really... This one was all about Matty Potts. <laughs> Six for 52 in the first innings. Seven for 49 in the second innings. He's all right, Annie, isn't he, Matty Potts? He's all right, you know, yeah. I, yeah, I, I'm a bit gutted that I didn't choose him in my fantasy team this time, but um, he's pretty impressive. Um, so very pleased for him. Not so pleased for, um, you know, Leicestershire, but... Yeah, I, I feel for them. They, they're um, signing. They're, is it just this game they've got Buddinger for, or is it? Are they got him for a little bit? Yeah, yeah they signed him. Sixty-two off seventy-two balls. He plays only one way. I mean, he was yes. he played a bit of Royal London Cup stuff for not. Absolutely smashed it. I think he went. Ah, it's going to be very difficult to get into that Knotts Red Bull top four. So he's gone to Leicestershire and Dan. So Buddinger. A man you enjoy watching? Yeah, he just whacks it from ball one. <laughs> Mid-wicket, cow corner is his area. He's a left-hander, and it's quite interesting. We had um, He was playing for Nottinghamshire against Gloucestershire in the Royal London One Day Cup. And we had a community day that day down at Gloucestershire, so we had 
like Bristol Rovers turned up and we had the police there, the army, whatever. And there's a police car lined up at Cow Corner. And Sol Bullinger <laughs> has missed this police car about three times by about six inches. One has just bounced before it and literally skimmed the roof and gone over it. And I thought, imagine turning up at the, uh, you know, Avon and Somerset Police Commissioner. Go, go down to the community day and go and lose your windscreen down at Neville Road, down at the seat unique. So, uh... Jared, how, as a bowler, when you know you've got a guy like that at the top of the order playing against who is just going to take on everything, does that change the way you try and bowl? Does it throw you out of your rhythm with the new ball a little bit? Because it's unusual to get someone yeah. that aggressive. <laughs> I think, yes, in red ball cricket, it's a nightmare for people like that because... It, it, before you've even bowled the ball it's just in your head and I think you feel like your margin for error is so much smaller and I think that just applies pressure on the ball straight away um, and then you, you naturally bowl more bad balls which he, he doesn't usually miss out on um, I was actually really surprised that Notts let him go because I think this year especially he's really shown what a talented player he is um, and some of the shots he hit in that 60 weren't slogs at all they were down the ground through the covers. So I think that's a really, really smart signing for Leicester, actually. Yeah, I think he's going to be good. It's just so hard when you've got Hamid, yeah. Duckett, yeah. Slater and Clark as your top four. It's just yeah. so hard. So I kind of say hats off to him for going yeah. for yeah. the opportunity. Now, Annie is obsessed with a fantasy team, as you might have heard, right? <laughs> Sorry, I am. It's if, not doing if, very well. <laughs> if she had a pick, Matty Pops, she found him taking 49 wickets in 13 innings an average of 17.6. Does someone like him, you know, there is this, there's a few people that are a bit dismissive and go, oh, they only take wickets in Division 2 or they only score, score runs in Division 2. It doesn't count. But it's a bit more nuanced than that, isn't it? Yeah, I think definitely, well, he's, he's shown what he could do on the <laughs> test arena. Um, I think, did he get Kane Williamson out a couple of times as well? So I don't think anyone can argue with his credentials and how good he is. I think it's interesting because like even last season, he was people would probably think probably a steady, a decent ball at county level with a lot of potential. And I don't know what he's done over the winter, but he's clearly worked. <laughs> and this year, watching ball, he's making it look easy. Um, swinging the ball, nipping the ball both ways. Uh, I mean, some the wickets in the first innings, most of them were swinging in, and then it was almost the opposite in the second innings. So yeah, he's really skillful ball, and looks like he's got enough pace. Um, to keep the batters honest as well. So, no, I think he's got a really bright future. And I don't, I think he'll take wickets in Division 1, 2, or Test Match cricket. I don't think it matters, really. Yeah, whatever he had over the winter, I think we all yeah. want some of it. <laughs> right, one last game, and it was a draw down at home, largely really due to the rain, stopped them getting mm. any kind of result. They missed almost a whole day there. Worcestershire in the driving seat for much of it. They bowled us out for 220. Of course, Joe Lee's got wickets. They had him in trouble, though, actually. 23 for five, so a bit of a recovery. 50s for Hudson Prentice, Coles, and Carson down the order. Friend of the show, Jake Libby, 215, a first career, first class. Brilliant. Double 100. 438 for five, they declared on Worcestershire. Sussex, better fist of it, second time around. Tom Olsop ended 137 unbeaten. They shared the points, eight points each, plus bonus points. Someone like Jake Libby, Jared, he's been in very good form for a year or two. He's, you know, left knots, went to Worcestershire and hasn't stopped scoring runs. 
yeah, no, he's a fabulous player um, in all formats now as well. He, he's a really good player. He's, he's been around a while now and I think for the last four or five years, certainly he's been really consistent. Um, and I think, to be fair, Worcester on paper have got a really solid side and it's been, I think, surprising to me anyway that they've not had the best of years by their standards. Um, like obviously, I'd have their alley. Um, we've got Libby, Jack Haynes, who's a top player. So, and the bowling attack speaks for itself. So I think, yeah, it's been a surprise. But no, Libby's really good player and just goes about his business. Fun to see Ed Pollock actually making a move. And a like, big reputation in white ball cricket for smashing it. And he's played a few red ball innings where he scored really quickly. But this yeah. was quite a measured 98 from him off 161 balls. So showing you can play both ways. Yeah, I, I felt that as well watching it. I think I think he was like 30 off about 70 or 80 as well at the start. So early on in the innings there were a couple of rogue innings where he got about 30 off 20 and a few slogs to the leg side but I think he's slowly adapting and getting used to that position at the top of the order and I think he's had a pretty solid start this season I've just got visions you know Jared Warner is one of the biggest cricket badges around and I've just got visions of him surrounded by screens like a city trader yeah, with like all the, all the different county streams going on all around it. Is this true, Jared? Or? Yeah. And it's not quite that uh, developed, <laughs> but no, I've had a little bit of time on my hands recently, so I've been sat at home, uh, yeah, watching, almost feels like ball by ball. Um, yeah. Um, no, I, was, I have watched my fair share this week. I was just wondering the same thing, actually. I was wondering about his multi screen setup. Yeah. Big Do fan of the website Envy Play, no doubt, yeah. when you can just watch everything. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. Well, did you, you see this week? Go on, Annie. Sorry. I was going to ask whether you practice doing the commentary while you're watching all these screens, Jar. No, it's funny. <laughs> after the commentary that I did with uh, with Dan a couple of times, the lads at, um, at Gloucester, when we bat in and we bored, they just like me to commentate ball by ball. They do enjoy it. So, yeah. <laughs> I sometimes get asked to do that. Uh, yeah, Brilliant. <laughs> there you go. Ha- did you see, you would have seen, Jared. actually, I know you would have done, so I don't know why I'm framing it as if you hadn't. That ball tracking stuff on Envy Play yeah. looks a bit exciting, doesn't it? Yeah, it's quite interesting. Something, um, I think Tom Smith, um, player at Gloucester, he's, his friend, I don't know, has an influence on work or something, so we've actually had it in training as well. Um, so, yeah, I think that could be quite interesting. Um Measures obviously the Hawkeye, the speed, the swing, the spin as well. So I think that could be a good development going forward, definitely. Have you seen the analysis go to a new level? Even, I mean, you're still a young man, but even in this case of the last seven or eight years, has the level of information available to you as a bowler just gone through the roof? Definitely. I think when I, I remember when I first, well, when I used to like do 12 Mummy Yorkshire when I was 16, 17, I think. The analyst worked in the club shop or something as well, and it was just literally there to, because he had to be, because every club had to have one sort of thing. And now we have um, Harry, who's I think over the summer is full time, and we get sort of reports before every game, T twenty fifty over or four day game, um, videos, wagon wheels. There's all sorts as much as you want. So now it is I think it's really important as well. Some clubs use it more than others, and some coaches, but. I think the more help you can get, the better. Uh, it's certainly fun to see how it develops and it will certainly yeah. be fun in the county game if we get some kind of DRS system. I know it yeah. won't quite be as developed as test matches, but it's going to be interesting, particularly after Lancashire's statement this week. We won't dwell on it too much. Yeah. They were deducted six points and their statement made it quite clear what they uh, 
thought of that deduction and the reasonings behind it. Um, but anyway, Division Two not didn't play this week. Look, they're going to win it. They're going to finish top. It's a race for a second place finish, and what we think will be the second automatic promotion spot. And Middlesex have snuck their noses in front, but Derbyshire and Glamorgan not out of it just yet, Annie. Mm, no, absolutely. Let's hope for good weather. That's um that you know, good dry weather. That's that's what we need. It'd be a real shame to lose the excitement of these last two rounds to weather. So that that's it for this round of County Cricket Natters. So thank you very much, Jared, for joining us. Pleasure. Thanks for having me. And uh Great to uh, be back with you, Dan and Sam. Thank you. We got some beautiful chats. We got some beautiful stats. And we won't stop talking. We won't give it a rest. And as a matter of fact, it's time to get it off our chests. Cricket, 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 cricket. Podcast Network.